Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful for unction and direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, there's many times even in my own, my own mind where I want to be like, ah, oh, that's, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's a, I don't know about that. It seems weird. It seems different. You know, it seems, seems uh, odd or whatever. But, you know, uh, it's important to learn to just flow with the Lord. You know, God has been reminding me of 1 Thessalonians, is it 1 Thessalonians 5.20, I think, where it says, test all things, hold fast that which is good. You know, that, that, that's a, that could be our, our model for life, right? You test all things and hold fast that which is good. Amen. You know, I often think about when people, uh, whenever I see wild mushrooms growing, I always want to eat them. But I know it's probably not wise to just pick up wild mushrooms and eat them unless you know what they are, right? But, you know, there's somebody who certainly knows how good they are, which ones are good and which ones are not, and which ones to eat and which ones you don't. And how do they find out? Well, they test it, and they hold fast to the ones that are good. You know, the other ones might hold fast to eternal life. But, uh, you, you know, there's one thing with, with, with that. You know, I always think it's amazing how we get to find out the things. You test all things. You hold fast to that which is good. It can apply to every area in life and certainly spiritual things as well. Amen. I don't think that God expects us to do things or to know things that we, we have an, in, in, that are impossible for us to know. Amen. But to follow his spirit is such a wonderful thing. It's such a freeing thing. Amen. And it just makes for a, more, a much more happy life. My life is blessed because I follow the spirit. When I learn to do that, I'm even more blessed. When I do that accurately, I'm even more blessed. You know, it's a, just an awesome thing. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Tonight's message is called Heavenly Houses. Uh, praise the Lord. And we're going to be talking about the church and what we are in relation to the church. And, you know, just some things here. We're just some things that were on my heart. And this message came together in a real interesting way. And it wasn't altogether fun to bring it together. It could have gone in a million different directions. But this is the direction that it went in. Amen. The second scripture was the first scripture originally. And then it became the second scripture. And you think, well, why does that matter? I don't know why it matters. But that's the order that it came in. And that's, the, that's how it works out with me. You know, God's working things out. You know, and of course, he does use personalities too. And, and, you know, that's what I love about our Lord is that he speaks to us in our personalities. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he'll, he'll speak to you in ways that make sense to you. You know, I, I've said this before. You could have the most uh, severely mentally handicapped person, uh, but you could teach them to, uh, to hear from God, and, and God will speak to them in a way that's understandable to them. Amen. Amen. And so God isn't looking to speak to us or us to come up to a, some, get some kind of degree before he's going to speak to us. We don't have to learn to speak old English before he's going to speak to us, praise the Lord. But he, we, we, he's, he's going to speak to us in the language. That's why, you know, I, I remember when I first heard prophecy, I was like, why are, they, why are they prophesying in old English? I don't believe Jesus spoke old English. He didn't. He spoke Aramaic, right, mostly. Uh, that's, that's the language of Jesus' time. That's what he spoke. Praise the Lord. But uh, that doesn't mean the Bible was written in Aramaic, but I'm just saying there's some that was in Aramaic, and that's a whole another thing ain't getting into that. But, uh, you know, I think the common language of the day was Aramaic. And so, but at any rate, he didn't speak, speak that, but sometimes, you know, you hear things in different ways. But God's going to speak through uh, your, 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 the, the way you speak, amen? Uh, and, and because it's not God forcing you, and that's what it's all about. He'll, he will enlighten your spirit to things. He'll enlighten you to things. Oh, glory to God. I don't know if this this is good for you, but it, it is helping me anyways. I, almost, you know, I have a moment where I think like, man, I'm sitting up here speaking like I know something, but I don't know anything. I just know a very little, amen, and I, I know how God speaks to me, and I'm trying to share that with you, and I couldn't, it would, be, it would do me no good to try to make you understand exactly how he speaks to me, because he ain't going to speak to you that way, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Uh, today's message is Heavenly Houses. We're going to start over there in First Peter, so why don't we go ahead and turn there. First Peter 2. Praise God. You know, um, as a pastor, I'm contending for things. I'm contending for what the Lord has put on my heart. And, and it's always interesting because the vision that God will give any man or woman of God, uh, especially one who's leading a group of people, the vision is always, it's always greater than where you're at. It's always farther than you can go. It's always more expensive than you can afford. It's always, it always takes more talent than you have. Amen? 
the vision that God gives us is never in our capabilities. It's always outside of that. And there's a reason and purpose of that. Because God doesn't need us to be able. He just needs us to be willing. Amen. And if we're willing to follow him, he will equip us with everything that we need. Glory to God. You know, I think about this when you, you have a military, huge military, and if you send them overseas for something, you know, you, you think about those people, like, uh, you know, if anybody's recently, you know, the Top Gun movie was, was big, it came out again, and, you know, those jets aren't cheap. I used to work in this factory where we made parts, bearings for the engine of those jets, and, and we had, uh, uh, it was, at the time, it was an F-22, and uh, they, they had, uh, I think it was GE that made the engine, the company GE, and uh, they, they had this trailer that they brought in uh, that they would uh, that they went around to different places and the, in the trailer was the engine and, and and they showed us where our bearings went into that engine they took us on a little tour of it it was kind of neat that they did that you know and they and they at that time I'm pretty sure it was the f22 they had they had whittled it down so uh, a mechanic could completely change everything in that engine with five tools it was five tools was all that was needed for that and, and it was a pretty interesting thing but you know the process and the, the amount of money that goes into those is, is hugely enormous. Uh, the process is, is, is amazing. I mean we would spend all this time just making bearings that's one little part uh, but there was many other parts to that. Well, the reason I bring that up is because you know you have those pilots and those pilots are, 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 are you know that, that fly those are very talented. They're the kind of the best of the best right. But you know, the, those, none of those pilots have to pay for that thing, do they? They, all, they, they, they? they get to run it, they get to learn about it, and they get to fly it, and they get to do all that, but they don't have to pay for it. They don't have to put it, they don't have to provide the material. And God's the same way. You know, for what we need to do the job, uh, we just need to bring our willingness, and, and he will provide all the ability. He, you know, the pilot doesn't provide their own training, amen? They, they, they go through all that, and that's the same thing with God. He's teaching us... And, but he's always going to require us to do more. And I started with this because I started talking. See how one story goes to another before we get too far. I have to come back around at some point. But, the, you know, a pastor has, is given vision for things. And the vision is for a group of people to, to lead those people into it. And I'm so thankful for the vision. But a lot of times I look at the vision and I think... Dear Lord, how are we going to get there? We don't have enough of this. We don't have enough of this we, or, or, or that. We can't do this and we can't do that, you know. And there's all these different things and it's like, just have faith, man. You know what I mean? Just have a little bit of faith, pastor. You're going to stand up in, people, in front of people and you're going to talk to them about having faith and you need to have a little bit of faith too. And see, and the, and the thing is, is, it, is, and that started revealing to me in, in prayer there even before, is that there, there's something here. There's something here, folks. There's something here amongst us. There's something here, and we didn't, we didn't bring it in. We didn't, we didn't pay for it. We didn't, we didn't do anything. We didn't sign up for it even necessarily, but we came, and we get to partake of it. Amen? And that thing that God is doing in Corey is much bigger than us, than this thing in this area. Praise the Lord. It's much bigger than us. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's much bigger than us, Jeff. Way bigger than we are. It's so much more than what we can do, but it doesn't matter because all we got to do is we got to show up. God will provide it. Amen? But we're going to walk in it, folks. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to walk in it. And I speak that by faith. Amen. My nose is itching like crazy. Uh, hallelujah. And glory to God. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2, 4. Amen. It says here in 2, 4 and 5, it says, In coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. Now look at what the comparison here is. Of course, this compare, uh, that, that, that's talking about Jesus, right? You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, the, the, the sacrifices, of course, are the walk, and the, the life we walk and how we walk it out and stuff like that. That's essentially what the sacrifices, we could study that out, but that's not what today's message is about. But notice that the comparison is, is Jesus was a, a, a living stone and it said you also are living stones. You're being built up. Amen. We're being built up to, as a spiritual house. Now, this is an interesting, there's a lot of interesting points in this. 
And, uh, uh, and we, we, I'm, I'm going to draw, this message is going to draw parallels between some of these things. We hear these sayings a lot. We hear things about stones and rocks and different things like that throughout Scripture. But we also hear a lot about houses and stuff like that. And, but, but, you know, the Lord ties them all together. And it's really interesting here that God, uh, or that God, or the Holy Spirit through Peter inspired him to say these things. Because these living stones are really interesting. You know, uh, 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 Peter was not Peter's original name. Did we know that? Peter is, if, if I have this uh, uh, correct, uh, Peter is, one, is the Greek variation, I think, of the, uh, or, or is the English translation of the Greek variation of, of, of uh, the name that Jesus gave, gave Simon, right? And Simon, Simon Peter, uh, but in some places we see it as Cephas, and I think, I'm pretty sure if I have my, 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 my studies correct, I'm not, wasn't just, I'm not studying this out, but uh, if I have my studies correct, Cephas is the Aramaic version of it or something like that, but at any rate, they're different languages, all mean the same thing. Really what it amounts to is Peter being st the, uh, a stone, is really what it is. Now there's, there's two different uh, versions, and when we commonly think of this, we think of Matthew 16, 18. You can go ahead and pull that up here real quick amen and we see this you know this was said to uh, Peter said this to Jesus after Jesus asked Peter who who do you say that I am and Jesus said or Peter said that he was the son of God amen and, and of course it goes on to say I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it now this scripture can tend to get people you know people have looked at it a lot of ways but I, I was actually in this I was studying this out quite a bit this week and I was reading commentaries and stuff like this is where all my knowledge on the the Peter stuff came from and what I remember of at any rate but it's interesting because this scripture is very connected to the scripture I just read to you over there in first Peter which of course was written by first Peter right the first Peter. It was written by the first one that ever existed. No. It was written by Peter. Amen. And so he was writing it to the churches. But uh, uh, it, so it, it shouldn't surprise us. And when we understand this, it's important why, why the Lord was using this and what this actually means and what it's actually talking about. Now, when it says that I say to you that you are Peter, he was saying that you're a stone. And that word is literally translated a stone. It's not rock, as a lot of people uh, like, you know, think that it is. But, this, uh, uh, but he goes on to say, and on this rock, um, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, all the wording is important, and, and, and I am getting somewhere with this, but the, the, the rock that Jesus was talking about that he was going to build his church upon was not Peter. Peter's not the rock that the church is built on. Amen? Sorry to tell you if you, if you thought that or if you had that in your, in your background, but that's not. The rock that the church is built on is Jesus Christ. I, Jesus told us that, you know, the wise man builds his house on the rock, and of course we understand that that was Jesus. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't anybody else. Amen? But there is a correlation between us and the rock, amen? And that rock is that we are stones, amen? That we are stones in that building process. Glory to God. So, and it's, and it's interesting too because, you know, and I've looked at this wrongly, I think. I mean, not that it's completely untrue. I just, this scripture doesn't really say this. When it says the gates of Hades will not overpower it, we have to understand what is going on here. See, at this time, when Jesus was speaking this thing to the Peter and the disciples, uh, at this time, they didn't really understand this whole death resurrection thing. They, they were very surprised when Jesus died. In fact, remember, they're kind of scattered. You know, Peter denied him. He ended up denying him, and they went their own ways. They, they didn't get what the resurrection was, when they, or the death of Jesus. They, when they saw Jesus die on the cross, they thought it was all over. And so they were walking away from it. They didn't realize that he was doing a greater work. They didn't realize that he was going to utilize them in a different way. And so what he's talking about here is not that, uh, that uh, the, the, you know, some translations, and it's actually wrong, say the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And a lot of times we think, oh, that's spiritual forces, wicked spiritual forces. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about here, Jesus was talking about his death, burial, and then resurrection. What he was saying is, is on this rock, on him, he's going to build his church in the gates of Hades, which literally when in the Bible, when it talks about Hades, represents the gates of uh, the the gates of death, or that 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 uh, the you know the the gates of not hell, but the gates of death. 
that keep people from uh, getting uh, overcome, that the thing that we needed to overcome, right? So when, when it says that, what it was literally talking about, what Jesus was saying is, the gates of death, I'm going to rise again. The gates of death are not going to keep me from, from building my church. And so that has already happened, amen? Now there is a truth that, that, that evil forces can't overpower us and aren't going to overpower the church. It's just this scripture isn't talking about that. What this scripture is talking about is, is, is in relation to what Peter brings out later on, and we can go back there, to uh, being the living stones, amen? We are the living stones built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, amen? God is doing a work in us. This work is a process, but he's doing it uh, through us as a group. Yeah. Hallelujah. He does it in the places that we're planted. See, people think that they can be spiritual without church, but they can't. It's an impossibility to be truly godly spiritual without church. You've got to have church. And what is it about church that does that? Is it the building? Nope. Is it the chairs? Nope. Although these ones are nice. Aren't we thankful for these chairs we got for free? Amen. Glory to God. Thousands of dollars worth of chairs for free. Praise the Lord. But at any rate, uh, it's not the chairs. You know, is it the good soup that we get to partake of? That's awesome, but that's not it either. Amen. What it is, is when we come together, we come together. When we come together rightly, we come together and form this house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, we are the temple individually, but we are not the body individually. And that's important to understand. If we are separated from the body, we perish. We don't flourish. The Bible says to be planted in the house of the Lord and flourish in his courts. What does that mean? You're planted where God has you to be planted. When you're planted, you supply something. You're, you're part of that thing. You know, Jesus talked about the vine and the branches. And yes, we, 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 we look at that as being Jesus. But we can't separate this fact. That the people that are sitting next to you, in front of you, in back of you, or around you, whatever, those people are also part of that same vine. Yeah. Amen? And so we might be a leaf on the vine, and there might be a twig that's holding us on. And it, and, but that is still connected to the root, which is Jesus, right? He's the main vine, and we're the branches individually, but we know the branches spread out, and they branch off of each other. And so, but we're all part of a body together. We need to be flowing together, working together, and, 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 and developing together. Hallelujah. Amen? This is what God has called us to do. He's building a spiritual house. He's building a structure which can't be raised. What I mean is R-A-Z-E-D. It can't be torn down. He's, he, it, but we are all stones in that house. And that is what the, the, the whole reference here is for. And we're going to come back to this because it's this, this idea of being heavenly houses is something that should, that, that should be prevalent in our minds. It's something that we need to constantly be aware of, constantly be drawn to. When I see people on the street, what I want to do is I want to draw them into the local house of God. Amen? Why? Not because they need a church to go to as much as they need a church to be part of. It's not enough to have a church to go to. We have to be part of something. When we're part of a church, we're not part of a building. We're part of the body of believers. The building is the, the outer shell, so to speak. It's kind of like looking at humanity and saying, okay, humans, as humans, we have a body and we have a spirit. Well, our spirit is the thing that continues on forever. Our body will perish. Our body will rot. Our body is a shell. The building is a shell. You still need to take care of the body, amen? It's important to because it's, it's the house of the, that the spirit resides in, amen? Praise the Lord. And of course, this building represents those things. But when we talk about the church, really what we're talking about is, is, is the house that God is building, amen? But it says there in, in 1 Peter 5 that you also as living stones... Where living stones, praise the Lord, are being built up as a spiritual, are being built up. Meaning we haven't arrived yet. And so if we're a stone, you know, uh, you, you know, I, I have, I, I have a, you can ask uh, uh, Reverend Josh, I, I, have a, I have a collection of stones. I love rocks. Amen. This is like a thing. When I drive by a field, I see rocks. I figure out how I can try to get it. I would never be sad if you brought me a rock. I would only be sad if you brought me a rock I can't get to my house. 
Amen. But I love rocks. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a big thing in my life. Amen. But I have purpose for all these stones. People are like often like, you know, they ask, well, what do you need with more stones? Oh, don't you worry. I've got purpose for more stones. I like stones. I like them. Amen. And, 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 and I'm, I'm building something great with them. I would have my entire yard rock if I could. And uh, maybe someday I will. All eight acres of it. Amen. But, uh, uh, you know, even a, a one off to the side, I have plans to use it. And so even a rock, if it's not currently being used, there's plans for it to be used. And the same thing is with us. We're, God is making us into a structure together. How we partake of and participate of that is, is completely up to us. It, it, or if we do is completely up to us. The amount that we do is completely up to us. But God is bringing us to a point, and I know that I, I'm doing this, this is one of those things burning, me, burning in me as a pastor. Uh, you know, recently someone reached out to me and asked, hey, do you, do you and they get this question a lot, do you see something for my future? Or do you see something, you know, you, you know for what God wants to do in, in me? And a lot of times I can answer yes to that. Not every time I can answer all of it. But I see things in the future, and sometimes we have to walk those things out, and they're going to take process. But if we're not even doing that, if we're not even, if we're not even coming together and partaking of those things, the soup is great fellowship. It's a great thing to have, but it's not enough. You know, if we just, if we just sit around and talk about, oh, we're going to talk about the tablecloths and how good the soup is, you should talk about how good the soup is, but then move on to something more spiritual. You know, we should come back to a place where God, where we, where, we, where we integrate with one another, where we start understanding what is God doing in our midst? What is God doing through each other? Each of us has a part to play in that. Are we walking in that or are we not? Amen. So we see that. I hope you see that anyways. In Matthew, where, where, Peter, where Jesus was talking to Peter, he was prepping him for the thing to come. He's saying, I'm going to build my church. And then Peter, right, later on with Revelation, sees, oh, it, not in the book of Revelation, but with Revelation from the Holy Spirit, sees, ah, oh, this is what he's doing. And that's why he references the stones. And that's why he continues to go on with, the, with, with, with that, 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 that name. Amen. See, Jesus was setting up principles that Peter would later walk into and then us as well. Glory to God. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. Praise the Lord. God is good, amen? amen. We can't underestimate any interaction. We can't underestimate anything that God, uh, any doors that open to us. And, you know, that's the thing I was telling you earlier that God has been doing, just showing me, I, like, I, he's been opening doors, and, I'm, I, and sometimes I really severely underestimate the door and the impact of it. But it's all those steps that God is building on uh, for the world and for us, uh, us too. He teaches us, and the, there's processes he teaches us through, but there's also processes he's doing in other people. So when he has us do things, when we're out there reaching people, when we're talking to people, when we understand that we're doing so uh, and, and we're building something, amen, that we're building things in them, even if it's not, doesn't seem to have a great and powerful effect at the moment, but God is doing a greater thing. He's building his house. That's what he wants to do through us. But see, the problem is, is so much of the church has gotten so self-minded that they forget there's a whole church that's depending on them to be part of. Now again, it's not just that people show up to church because just showing up to church means absolutely nothing. If you just came in the door, great, but you didn't really do much. Guys, I'm just telling you the truth. Just coming to church doesn't mean that you've done much. Coming to church and getting direction, being part of something, recognizing God is building something in my midst, in our midst, and that I'm part of that is everything. I said that's everything. Because the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. So if there's no works that are added to faith, now faith can't be added to works that don't, the, there, there can be no faith added to ungodly works that doesn't exist. I'm talking about godly faith, godly works. You know what I mean? You can't say, oh, I'm doing this thing out here on my own and that's it. No, it's, it's not part of the plan. It's not part of the picture. It's not part of what God's doing. Now see, the thing is, that doesn't mean that we won't do individual things. Of course we will. But, but we, we come together under a purpose, under a God. God is building something here in Corey, right here in this church. He's building something right here. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's doing things in other churches, and I'm not coming against any other church. I'm not the pastor of those churches. Glory to God. And you don't go to those churches. God is doing something right here. 
And when we understand that God is doing something right here, then when we come and we partake of that, that there'll be times, you know, uh, we had just ministry of laying on of hands and some things that were doled out there, right? Do you understand that those things don't just happen? People have to participate for those things to happen. People have to come in hungry for the Spirit of God to move and to flow on people and, and, and to do something. You came in hungry. If you came in hungry, you came in, maybe you fed somebody else because you're, you're, you're stirring because God promised that he would deliver the food. He's Uber Eats. Amen? He is uh, uh, DoorDash. He's better than DoorDash. Amen? Praise God. And that's, that, that's a, he's going he's gonna to deliver it. But see, that's what part of coming together from today, maybe it's you. And tomorrow, maybe it's somebody else. But God is doing things in our midst. And it comes as we come together and we, 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 we rally together. and we, Sometimes we don't even know what this thing is. Like if you ask me, I couldn't tell you what this thing is all about. I can tell you what God's going to do five years from now, ten years from now. I, don't, I have no idea what it's going to look like, but I know this. That it's growing. There's something that's being birthed here. And there's something that's, that, 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 that we have to have patience for. But it's happening in our midst. We're partaking of what God is doing in this place. Amen? If you've come more than once, you've partaken of it. If you've come once, you've at least gotten a, your foot in the door. Amen? But when you come more than once, now you're, you're actually partaking of something. Because now you've chosen to come more than one time. Amen? But there's more for us to do. And those things come as we put a draw and a demand on the spirit uh, uh, as we come together hungry for the things of God. Amen. <clears throat> now we see this in Ephesians 4 because th this is so important. And I know I go to these scriptures a lot, but I really, I just can't get away from them. Ephesians 4.11, it says, And he gave some up as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints... For the work of, the, of service. So as a pastor, literally what my job is to do, and I'm not, I don't stand in these other offices, but I do stand in the office of pastor. What my job literally is to do is to equip you to be able to do the work that God has called you to do. And you say, well, well, what is that work? I don't know. You don't know. You might not know. But you need to find out. See, the work that you're going to do isn't always through the church, but it's going to be out of the church. In other words, God's going to come in here and he's going to meet us with the messages, with the, with the word, with the coming together, the work that we're called to do. And there will be things that we partake of together. You know, we have a missions trip or something like that. We're partaking of that together. You know, there's different times where the church is, in, uh, is able to, to, to fund different things or to help people with different things. And we do those types of things. Uh, and, and your offerings and tithes, all those things go to that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, one of the greatest needs that I've seen when I was on that mission trip, and I still see it today, even around, uh, even in the United States, is the need for strong local churches that teach people a solid word, right? A solid word, something that they can build on. Amen. This is what God is doing. Again, building these spiritual houses, you little spiritual houses. We're all little spiritual houses, glory to God. God's building on those, and that's what he's doing when he establishes a church in a town, is that his intent is that the, that the word would be preached, uh, uh, you know, un, unhindered and unaltered, and just as the word, in the purity of the truth of the word, with the flow of the Holy Spirit, and empowering people to get more people. Amen. But I see this need all over the place. And I think as a pastor, of course, that's something that's easy for me to see. But I want to plant those in other towns. I'm telling you, I could plant them in probably 50 towns right now if I, I really got to thinking about it. But it's what are we called to do, amen? And in, in, the, in our midst, there may be pastors that get raised up and, and, and different things. Or maybe, well, you know, there'll be uh, other places that we plant churches and just get groups of people. But the point is, is that God is building his house. He's building these things in us even here today, amen? Glory to God. And so uh, we need those ministry offices to help us for the equipping of the saints. You get equipment when you come to church, when you come here, when you feed off the word, when you come hungry, when you, when you learn about spiritual truths, you get equipped to do the thing that God has called you to do. You can't get equipped without it. Why? Because that's what Jesus set up. Amen? Praise the Lord. And that's sometimes a, a hard thing to hear, but that's why I, I, I keep on it because there's so much attack against this stuff in the body of Christ. I don't need the local body. I don't need a church. I can have God on my own. You've heard it. I don't know if anyone's in here been, been saying it, but I've heard it so much that we want to make sure that we just drive that, that false 
that, that false doctrine, that lie right out. Amen? Not everybody gets so you can't just, you know, some people think, well, we can just, we can activate a prophetic ministry and stuff like you can't just activate a prophetic ministry. The Bible says that God gives the gifts as he wills. So this is not something you get to say, hey, I want to be a prophet today, so I'm going to get to do it. The same thing, you don't just get to say, hey, I want to be a pastor today, you don't get to do it. The same thing is you don't get to say, I just want to do anything and you just get to do it. I didn't get to do it. You don't get to do it. Nobody gets to do it. Praise the Lord. Uh, it, it comes as we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. Amen? For the equipping of the saints for a work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. God is building his body. And of course we see these, these terms again, these, these ideas, this build, these building terms. You know when Jesus was talking about building on the, ho the house on the sand or on the rock, you understand even though it's, it applies naturally to houses and rock or houses and, and stuff of buildings, you, you understand that that's not fully what he was talking about. He was talking about building your spiritual life. Everything we do in life comes from our spirit. Do you understand that? For God, I'm talking about. You can do anything naturally. You don't need God to do natural things. Well, in a sense you do, but you know, I mean, you don't need him actively telling you what to do to do natural things. There's, you know, Bill Gates built uh, whatever he built, whatever empire, Elon Musk built whatever empire they built with, but he didn't do it with, uh, you know, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. Those were just natural things that they did and they were able to do these things, right? And they built these huge things, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. Uh, Jeff Bezos with Amazon and stuff like that. You know, I doubt very highly that that was God specifically. But um, the, the, the reason that I say that is because you can build a life based on, uh, on, on the, your natural abilities or talents. And that's fine, but that doesn't equate to a spiritual life. So if we're going to be Christians who want to be spiritual, we have to build a spiritual life on spiritual principles. We only get to do that according to the word of God. We don't get to do that in the way we figure is right. That's called natural living. That's called natural ways. And the Bible says that, uh, that, that there's a thing that seems right unto a man, but in the end leads to death. It's called building on the sand. Spiritual things only happen through spiritual means. Good spiritual things only happen through good spiritual means being utterly connected to what God is doing in a local body is, spirit, is a spiritual means. Without that, you can't be spiritual. In fact, without that, without the house of God, you open yourself up to being attacked more in the spiritual realm, especially if you're a Christian. Because what you do is, and what, again, what I'm saying is, I'm not talking about showing up to church. I'm talking about how we show up to church. There's people that show up to churches all over the place that are no more spiritual than the people that don't show up to church at all. I said there's people that show up to churches all the time that are no more spiritual than the people that don't show up to church at all. Amen? Why? Because they don't show up with the right heart to be connected to what God is doing. God is building his spiritual house. And he's not doing it individual, or he's not doing it. To, to, to re reference back to the whole Peter Rock thing, are we really going to exalt Peter to a place to say that the entire rock of God's church, that he's the rock that the entire church that God was going to build is on one man? Would we honestly do that? I mean, it seems like Paul was used a lot more for the New Testament than Peter was. And even Paul said, who am I? Except a vessel, an earthen vessel. He didn't glory in himself at all. So we're going to say that Peter was? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like Jesus wasn't talking about that. But the, 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 the understanding is that we are pieces of the puzzle. When we don't bring our piece, the puzzle isn't finished. And that's why we need to understand that. Amen? But also, when, because we are only a piece, if we don't have all the other pieces connected, we, we, we're only a piece. You know, even with a puzzle that's missing a few pieces, you still get the gist of what it's showing you. But when you have a piece that doesn't have the rest of the puzzle, have you ever, have you ever done a puzzle and looked at one single piece and thought, what the heck is this? And then later on, you finally figure out where it goes. You know, I don't know about you, but when I've done puzzles, there's always that piece that I keep coming back to. I'm like, man, it should be here, but it just it doesn't fit. And he's like, man, it should be here, but man, it just doesn't fit. 
And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's because it goes upside down backwards on the other side of the puzzle. And it was actually this and not that. Amen? See, that's the way we are individually. Well, glory to God. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, praise the Lord, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So look at this. We can't be mature Christians without being connected to other believers. Again, connection doesn't just mean you show up. doesn't just mean you're here, present, I'm here. You know what I mean? It means that you're not uh, staring out the, the mini windows there. Glory to God. It means that, I don't know if anybody is or not, but it means that you, you know, you're not distracted by everything in life, uh, but you're, you're, you're attempting to be connected to what God's doing. Amen? <clears throat> but this is really important here. Let's look at verse uh, 14. Of course, keep reading on. As a result, this is what we are to... So as a result of that building, coming together, and we first have to even recognize that. We have to recognize the importance. See, when you understand and recognize the importance of the local church, it will drive you to bring people in. Yeah. It will because you will understand that people are absolutely hopeless. They're absolutely lost without the connection to the local body of believers. They are absolutely hopeless. Hopeless. They're lost. Their end is nothing good. Nothing good is going to come of it. So that, as a result, this is where we come to after we've been built up. We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by, by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and craftiness and deceitful scheming. Do you know what, what happens so often? You know why people are tossed so much? Because they're tossed. Because they're tossed in their heart. Like, well, do I belong here or do I belong there? What, you know, do I get connected? I don't know. You know, I've been hurt before and I've had this happen before. And da, da, da. They come up with every reason in the world not to do what the Bible clearly tells us to do. Do you trust God or don't you? Because it really doesn't matter. If you trust God, see what happens. And listen, I've been hurt in churches. I understand what it's like to be hurt in churches. Some of you, I might even been hurt in some of the churches that you've been in. In fact, I know. I've been hurt in churches and know what it's like to be hurt. I've been hurt by Christians. I know what it's like to be hurt. But you know why I stand here today? Because my faith isn't in Christianity. My faith isn't in people. My faith isn't even in the church. My faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in God himself. My faith is, that, is in the fact that no matter how many times people fail me, God will do me right. And so I can jump back. I mean, see, people that get hurt and they won't go back, the reason, and listen, I'm not, I'm not calling people bad for this. I'm just speaking truth to help you overcome something and maybe help you over, help someone else overcome something. Because this is the truth. It's not about, the church is not about just, it's not about people. It's about connection with God. And God is whom I trust. He's the one that I trust. And you say, well, you just said the church is about people. Yes, it's about coming together and being the body. But what are we the body of? We're Christ's body. We're God's body. We're being his body. God the Son. He chose us to be his body. But he's still the head of trust ahead. Amen? Glory to God. Have you ever had something as I get older, sometimes things don't work the way they used to? Or they work differently than they used to. Right? And I can, I, I can trust sometimes. I can't trust my body. But I, I can trust my understanding of that. Yeah. I can trust my mind, the mind behind it. You know, the Bible tells us we have the mind of Christ. That does not mean that you, uh, that, 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 okay, I, I, I should be, you know, I remember people when I was depressed, right? I said, well, you have the mind of Christ, so you shouldn't be depressed. But no, but that doesn't, that's not what that means. It doesn't mean that I get infused with his mind. It means I have, when it says I have the mind of Christ, it means I have his understanding. I know what Jesus thinks. That's why I can say God's ways are not mysterious because when I have the mind of Christ, he gave us his mind. You know what I mean? Amen? Praise the Lord. So we have the mind of Christ here when we look about the local church. This is what Ephesians 4 is all about. It said when he, the first thing he gave us, he, he led captivity captive. Boy, I had to study that out and figure out what, that, what the heck that meant. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I ain't going into it today, but because uh, that would be a whole nother hour. But uh, but but uh, you, you know uh, he did that, and then he uh, he gave gifts unto men. But the, the the gifts were for a purpose. The gifts weren't like you know so somebody could be inflated in themselves. Amen. So, but we're to be no longer children tossed here and there. See, as Christians, at some point we have to stop being tossed around. 
We have to say, and the only way we're going to do that is when we understand, when we recognize the truth of the word, that, that the foundation of, that God is going to do in our lives is right here. We are not separated from it unless we separate from it and then we're separate from it. But that doesn't mean it's going to change suddenly. You know, you wonder, like, people, people, we, we know this. There's people that, there's people, glory to God. I don't think they're probably watching, but even if they are, I'm not going to say their name, so. But if they are and they see this, I'm not saying this to hurt you, but I'm saying it's because the truth and it'll help you. Amen? But there's people that, 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 that say that we're, that, that, that we're their church in Mayville, that say that we're their pastors. But they don't ever come to church. I'm not their pastor. I want to be. I'm willing to be. I'm open to be. Glory to God. But I'm not their pastor. Why? Because they're not connected. If they never come, they're not connected. And they wonder why they go from one trial to the next, and it's because they fail in the connection of the body. See, because when the connection of the body is not, you understand, like if you come to church because of you, you're coming to church because of you. You're failing all the reasons that we're supposed to come together. You know, God, and of course God can't do things in your life, but that's why he brings us together. But again, bringing us together, this is why we have to come right. It's not just enough to come together, but come with the right mindset. But we have to understand why we come together. I come to church because people depend on me, because the body depends on me, and because I depend on it. But see, you can't be separated from the body and survive. There's no survival in that. It's only death. And so, like that person, like my heart goes out to them. I want to help them. I'm there for them. You know, but they just don't come. And, they, and so because of that, they don't have that life being flown in. And, and so they're like children tossed to and fro. Right? Tossed here and there. They don't know what to do. Always in stress. Always upset. Why do you suppose that is? Because they're not connected to the lifeblood. Amen? And it's not because, it's not even because this, this is the wrong impression too. It's not even because the church is, like, I'm going to sit there constantly telling them what to do. That's not what it is either. But you see, there's things that happen. There's spiritual things that happen when you embrace the word that's coming out of my mouth right now. When you embrace that into your spirit, knowing that God is, is, is doing that, if indeed you're called here. Amen. But then some people are like, well, you know, I'm, I'm called here, and I'm called there, and I'm called here, and I'm called there. That's not what it's like either. Now, don't get me wrong. There are reasons to leave a church. But those reasons are few and far between. Yeah. And, 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 and it's pretty obvious when you need to. I've had to leave churches in the past, and I did so rightfully. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Just judging by uh, uh, Reverend Rachel's uh, nod, I think she has too. Amen? And so you, you, you understand there are reasons to leave but that isn't church hopping is not the reason because you're bored isn't the reason because you you know whatever like we have to see how we fit glory to God, yeah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Uh, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. See, we can't grow up into Him. Who is, well, you see all this. I just keep going over it, but it's the truth. Amen. From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every Joint supplies. See, we all work by what you supply. By what I supply. By what our neighbor and here supply. All of us are bringing stuff to it, right? According to the proper working, the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So love should drive us into the local church. And if it doesn't, then we're not walking in love. The very basic the very basic tenet of Christianity is the body of Christ. The very basic. It's the most basic. And that is about love, period. That's what it's there for. Why do we do what we do out of love? They say, well, I'm in love. I'm, I'm, I'm out there. No, you're not. If you're not, because you're not connecting to the body. Amen? We've got to be connected to what God is doing. And when I say connected to God is doing, that doesn't mean that, you know, if, uh, you know, that you just have to be yes men and that you show up. That's not what it's about. Do you know things are developed as we develop together? Yeah. You know, giftings are developed in people. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, as, as, just as we go. I, I see God developing things in me more as I go than I do anything else. Yeah. 
God develops more in me as I go than anything else. And I think that's the truth in everything. Everyone that we see in Scripture used that way too. Amen? Let's not need to be, but be what's needed. Amen? Let's not need to be, but be what's needed. See, so many people, they, they have these ideas. They come, they come to whatever with this, this idea of, of being something, whatever it is. Maybe your idea is being nothing, but you still come with the idea of being something because your something is nothing. And that might not seem desirable, but see, it's just the reverse of it, and it's still the same problem. See, if we understand that God has called us together to be a joint that supplies then we don't have to worry about anything else. We don't have to worry about how it's going to happen. We just, we just be that joint. We be that part. Amen? Glory to God. I want to get into something good here, and I, I, I need to move on. But uh, So the question is, how do we know what to do? Well, we know what to do as we walk in the truth of the Word, which says, if, God, if Jesus saw fit to give us his body, then we have to see fit to utilize the body. And to partake of the body. The very act of communion. And I know we talk about this when we do communion. We don't do it all the time. We do it once in a while. Um, not on any set schedule. We just do it as, as we're led. But the very act of communion is about recognizing the body. It's about, it's about being body-minded. In fact, that was one of the scriptures I almost went to today. But that's not what I was teaching. Because I'm ta talking about these houses and what this is all about. Because we're about to get into some more, more scripture it talks about houses, glory to God. And I used to see this wrong. Um, but through, again, uh, you know, intense study, I see it right. And see, this is the, this is the thing. How do, we, how do we know that our view of Scripture, you just study it out. You look at what other people say about it. You look what the, you, you know, you start learning about it. And of course, that's what church is for. That's where it helps us. My job is to, is to learn this stuff, amen? But my job is to share it with people. So turn with me to John 14. But this is imperative because this is connected to what God is building. Again, we're stones, but see, if we don't understand that, um, we don't understand uh, the body, we don't understand the building, we don't understand being part of it, then we're not going to understand these things either. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I get to John, I'm going there slow. John 14. Now, in context, we have to understand this. Now, John, you know, of course, the Bible wasn't always writ wasn't written in, in uh, chapters and verses and stuff like that. They put that man, put that in later on to, to help us find things easier, and I'm sort of glad they did. But it doesn't change the fact that this is still entering into a context in this letter that, that, that is trying to be portrayed. And so this whole section, and it leads almost immediately right into the Holy Spirit, and that's how we know the context. John 14, 1. See, so often we use these scriptures for funerals and stuff like this, but it, this has more, more to do about life than it does death by any means. Yeah. Listen, I'm just going to be honest. You know, we sing that song. Uh, you know, I, I, I heard about a mansion that he's built for me in glory. And that's nice. I like the song. I like 99% of the song. And so I, I think it's truth. So I, I, I'm good with that. But, you, you know... Um, that's not what this. It's not really what the script. It's kind of like, like listen. God's got a nice place for us in heaven. I believe that. But I'd like to believe that God's got more than just one place. I mean, we're gonna have all eternity. I'm. T I don't know about you, but I want to change our rooms around every other week. Like I, I don't. I don't know if I could just deal with one place in heaven. Well, pra praise God, Hallelujah. So we often read this at funerals, but it's not one of the few. It's the other, other one we use is God, you know, it's 1 Corinthians 2 where he says, you know, uh, uh, man is not seen nor ear heard. Eye is not seen nor ear heard. You know, the things which God has prepared for them. Again, that's also talking about the Holy Spirit and this life. It's not talking about heaven. You know, it's great, and I'm sure there is a truth there, but that's not what it's talking about. Amen? So, well, anyway, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, John 14.1. We're going to read through verse 6. It says here, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Now, I like this version because it says that. Now, when it says house, what it's referring to there is this. It doesn't mean my, my Father's house, like the building that he resides in. Amen? Because uh, uh, 
because we're not all going to be like in a, in a condo unit, right? We're not going to go to heaven and it's not just like one big apartment building. You know, there's that town in Alaska where everybody lives in this one building. Have you seen it? It looks like a hotel. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen it. I've kind of seen it, but, uh, but it exists. It's a small town, obviously, but they all live and everything that they need is in that building. But, you know, it's not like we're going to get to heaven and it's just all clouds and then one building and then we're all in it. See, that doesn't make sense, does it? So, you know, obviously Jesus isn't talking about that, but in, 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 in the word house literally means in his household. When, when it says house, it's like, it's like talking like in all his house, you know. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You heard that verse? You know, um, that, that's kind of the same idea. It doesn't mean that, oh, my house is going to, my building is going to serve the Lord. Although we'll use our house to serve the Lord, but it's our household. And that's, that's what it's talking about here in my household are many, uh, in, in, in the old way of saying it, many old versions say it, uh, uh, say uh, mansions, but it's literally dwelling places. Glory to God. And I could get into some stuff there, nuanced stuff. I'm not going to get into it too much. But if you're interested, you can ask me later. It would be interesting. But um, he goes, if it were not so, I would have told you, for I go and prepare a place for you. Now, where Jesus was going, we have to understand what Jesus was doing. See, if your mindset is that, that it's all about going to heaven someday and that's what it's all about, then yes, this is how the scripture is going to make sense to you. But that's not what this is all about. And this is all about going back to First Peter there talking about uh, building the house and what God's doing in the church and what God's doing in the church and understanding that we're, you know, that the stone is, is, a, is a stone in the wall. Amen. Jesus going to prepare a place, what he was doing is Jesus had talked about, and, and, and how we understand this is as we read further, which we're not going to read too much further, Jesus goes into this long, the next few chapters is all about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does in us. And the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us into all truth, and we understand that. But what, what, there's got to be a purpose in that. He's not just playing with us. This isn't just, oh, so we can practice, you know, and, and have fun. No, he's got purpose in us being saved. He's got purpose in what we do. He's got purpose in putting the Holy Spirit in us. What Jesus is doing is he's bringing us to that place, that place of, that, uh, of being able to have place with the Father. We have to understand that before Jesus came, humans had no place with the Father. Our sins separated us from God. We had no access to him like that. Anything he did was solely by his grace, was solely by his love, but we didn't have place to go there. Yeah. See, there's a difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the new covenant, we have place to go there. Yeah. We have right to go there. It's like, no, this is my place to be now. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he was saying, I'm going to prepare a place. He wasn't saying, I'm going to build a house for you in heaven. I'm going to make a mansion for you to get to someday. No, he's going to, uh, he's talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that I'm going to prepare a place. The Spirit leads us to that understanding of what God wants to do. You know, over there in Romans 12 too, when it talks about, uh, I hope this isn't like, I hope I'm saying this clearly. Because it was real clear in my spirit, amen? Praise the Lord. And I never want to be somebody who's kind of preaching over things, but, but, but just revealing truth. You know, uh, he said to us that we, may, you know, we, we, we uh, need to learn, transform our mind to learn. Well, how will we transform our mind? Through the renewing of the word, by the Holy Spirit, dwelling on the inside of us, leading us and guiding us, directing us into all truth. Do any of these scriptures, I mean, these, these, these words sound familiar? I mean, they, they, these are all things that we hear, we read individually, but we don't always connect them. And so we have to understand here that that mansion, that God's building, the house, the dwelling, God intends for us to start dwelling in him right now. When we get born again, that's when our dwelling place with the Lord, it's continual from here on after. It never stops. There is never a time when we should not or we should stop dwelling with him. But we understand that the connection with the local body is the house that he's building. So when we live our own lives, which much of the church is doing, what we're doing is we're not allowing God to build us into what he wants to build us into. We are his dwelling place. We are the house of God. We're going to see that here in a second, but there's many scriptures that say so. We are the house of the Lord. We are what he's building. We are that dwelling place. 
You know what I've learned is that as I go forward in Christ, as I, as I grow more with God, as I learn more about the Spirit, you know what I, I learned? That, that all the things I thought mattered before don't matter. They literally don't matter. Like all of a sudden, things that matter to me, things that I had to have, things that, you know, that I was so far, because I understand that my life is eternal. My life doesn't end. The body will die, but that doesn't stop my fun, folks. Glory to God, and it shouldn't stop your fun either. If you, see, this is why so many people are afraid of death or afraid of having Christians I'm talking about. Yeah, let the world be afraid. They should be afraid. They should be very afraid. Actually, the Bible tells us that they should be very afraid, and we should put the fear of God in them. Amen? But we shouldn't be afraid. We should be so confident of gl glory to God where we go. It's a transition. It's one place to the next. We don't just stay in one spot. We're going into wonderful things, amen? Continually, glory to glory, day by day, from here to there, it never ends. Hallelujah. I see some people are waiting for the sweet by and by, and that's because they don't know what the sweet here and now is all about. They don't know what Jesus did. They don't understand what he was really doing. See, Jesus never said that he was just going to make heaven available to us. He said heaven was available to us. But actually, as we continue reading here, we un you would understand, if you continued reading, that the place that God is giving us is that place in the Spirit with access to Him. It's absolute guarantee. That's what He gives believers. Boy, that would boost our confidence a lot, wouldn't it? Amen? When we understand that that place and what it is, but it doesn't get there when you're lackadaisical about it. Praise the Lord. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where, I'm, uh, where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas uh, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to see what they were thinking is, they were, like they couldn't get where Jesus was going. But Jesus wasn't, you understand, he's not gone. He went to heaven, he's there, but we are there too. You ever hear that scripture, it says something to the nature of like we are seated in heavenly places with Christ? What do you think that's all about? The place he's prepared for us. Glory to God, that's right now. We are seated, currently seated. I'm currently seated. I'm standing in Corey, Pennsylvania. I'm standing on a stage in the church, about to eat soup. Glory to God. And I, I know I need to get there quicker, but, but we'll get to the soup. Praise the Lord. But I, 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 we're, we're, this is where we're at. But I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am in his presence currently. You are in his presence. When you leave here, you're in his presence. When you go out there in the world, you're in his presence. Oh my God, that'll, that'll change every day of our life if we truly grab onto it, that the place that he prepared for us is not something that we are waiting for in the sweet by and by, but that we exist in currently, that we have access to right now, that through his Holy Spirit, we, the doors are flung wide open to us. Amen. I like that place. Amen. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. When he's saying no one comes to the Father but through me, again, he's not talking about... Listen, going to heaven is not coming to the Father because you don't get to heaven if you haven't come to him already. You access him through Jesus. When you get to heaven, that's just another destination, but you're already with the Father. You are no more separated from the Father right now. Praise the Lord, then if you were then you were in heaven. Yes, you're not in it. But the Bible says that in his we can have his presence here. So if we can have his presence here, don't yeah, let's tap into it. Why, why, why does it matter? We're not waiting for the sweet by and by. I mean, this just makes me want to live a little bit happier. Amen. We're gonna close with this Hebrews 3 6, just in case you didn't believe me. But Christ was faithful as son over his house, whose house we are if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. It's the boast of our hope. That God, that, that, that we have that place with God, that we have that doorway into the heavenlies. Hallelujah. Folks, this is what we're, God is building his house. That's what he's doing in us. And that's why we come together and that's why we have to fight through those times when we, when we don't feel like it. Because there's plenty of times when we don't feel like it, right? When we, when we, but we, we need to, if we start doing it with this different perspective, if we start realizing that heaven is with us today, yeah. 
that Jesus said, he said, pray for heaven on earth as it is. He said, pray for it on earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God. Right? He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. The, the thief steals from you, but I've come to give you life. That life is in his presence. Hallelujah. It's abundant life. And yes, we have the flesh and those are the things we contend with. But that doesn't, separate, that doesn't mean that the life with God doesn't exist. So let's walk in that, but walk in that with a renewed mind, with thinking right about the things of God. That when we come together, we're partaking of that building, the process where the living stones were being put into the wall and being used for the structure of the house that God is building. We are his house and members individually. We are his body. Whatever, whatever you know, metaphor you want to use, but that's what we are. So let's be part of that. Embrace that fully. And watch and see what God doesn't do in our hearts to change. Amen?